0: Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and the podcast when you follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Walk in Truth Show. Now, here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Thessalonians chapter five, verses one through eleven, called "The Day of the Lord."
1: If you turn back to first Thessalonians one thing that we notice in a lot of these passages is something that's called a cosmic disturbance in the heavenly bodies sun moon and stars some people believe this is a literal lights out some people believe it's metaphorical language back to first Thessalonians chapter 5 but let me just say this to you that i've heard some people argue oh well the language that's being used of constellation and stars is just simply a metaphor for judgment. It's not literal. But wait a minute. When God was bringing plagues upon Egypt, the ninth plague was a literal plague of what? Darkness that lasted for three days. And it says it was a darkness that people could feel. Nobody even want to get up out of their house. But there was light in Goshen, And God brought the ninth plague, which which was a plague of darkness for three days, followed by the day of the Lord, if you will, in embryo, or the Passover. So get this. This is just my view. As the Lord came in the first Passover, right after a plague of darkness, and judged Egypt, a type of the world, Anybody who didn't have the blood of the lamb on their door experienced judgment, and it was a literal darkness. So the second Passover, when the Lord returns again, seems to have these same components. Everybody with me? And it was literal for Egypt. It wasn't a metaphor. The darkness wasn't, you know, not something real. It was a real darkness. And so this language about the sun not shining and constellations going dark and so forth, I would say we we should take that literally. Verse 4, 1 Thessalonians 5. So the world's gonna be saying peace and safety and they're gonna be hit with labor pains. And I'm not sure that we connect this to what Jesus said about birth pangs in Mark 13 and Matthew 24. I think the image here is that when a woman gets hit with those labor pains and it's like, ooh, the baby's coming, And there's no escaping the reality. (laughs) And all God's women said, amen. (laughs) Give me the shot, doc. I'll take it. (laughs) Right? And so that's the image. It's like you're hit with it. And then what's going to happen next is inescapable. The baby's coming. And here the wrath is coming. That's what's being said. And the world would be saying, peace and safety, everything's going to be fine. And destruction will come upon them suddenly, and they will not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, by contrast, that the day would overtake you like a thief. Now, here's the good news. This is a verse to Mark. I know there was a movie that came out, Thief in the Night, and all this stuff, and it related to the rapture. And is there going to be a secret rapture where everybody, you know, all of a sudden it happens and people are caught unawares. I'll let you wrestle with that. There's good people that have different views on the rapture. But this day will not overtake you like a thief in the night. Everybody just read that. It's not going to happen like that for you. You're going to know so there are some things then, even though we don't know dates and times, that we could look for that will be surrounding this day. And we're going to look at some of those signs uh, as we go through 1st uh, and 2nd Thessalonians. But one of them is right here: there will be a mantra in the world saying, peace, peace when there is no peace. This is Luke 21:34 through 36. Jesus says, Be on guard that your hearts may not be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of life and the day come on you suddenly like a trap for it will come upon all those Luke 21:34 through 36 who dwell on the face of the earth but keep alert keep on the alert at all times praying in order that you may have strength to escape all these things that are about to take place and stand before the sun of man. Now, you might be saying, well, Pastor Michael, what are the things that would indicate that we could be near this time? What are we to look for? What does the Bible actually say? Because a lot of you have heard all kinds of different views and maybe speculations about things that would surround the second coming of Christ. Well, I'm going to take you to a few passages where Jesus shares. The first one is Matthew 24. Let's take a look together. Matthew 24. Jesus gave many different uh, signs and he was asking a question, answering a question about the return that was asked by his disciples. But here's what he says. And this is, I think, uh, some of the sections that we need to pay attention to in terms of just what we would look for. Matthew 24, 36 says, but Of that day and hour, no one knows, Matthew 24, 36, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father alone. For the coming of the Son of Man, Matthew 24, 37, will be just like the days of Noah. For as in those days, says Jesus, 38, which were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, they were marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and they did not understand, 39, until the flood came and took them all away. So shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Now, Jesus mentions the days of Noah. But when he talks about them, he doesn't mention the situation surrounding them that we read about in Genesis chapter 6. But here's a couple things that you need to know. In Genesis 6, 5, just write down, this down for your notes. It says that the thoughts of mankind were only evil continually. Genesis 6, 5. Every thought that came into the average person's mind, they would twist into something evil. The whole world seemed to be saturated with moral evil. They couldn't even think pure thoughts anymore. Sound familiar? they were only evil continually and then it says in Genesis 6:11 that the world was extremely violent at that time so two thoughts one you have people only having evil thoughts their minds have been saturated with evil they can only think of evil and two there was a lot of violence in the world at that time now Jesus doesn't bring that up though so that's something we have to infer as we read the story and maybe Jesus knew that it would be implied. I'll let you wrestle with that. But here's what we do know from Jesus' words, that people were doing everyday normal business. And Hebrews 11, I think it's verse 7, says that Noah, by faith, was building the ark and condemning the world. And there are many scholars that believe that no, it took Noah just a little while to build it. Uh, some believe 120 years. <laughs> Hammer, 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 preach, preach, preach. Hammer, 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 better repent. The rain's coming, the flood's coming, the flood's coming. That crazy old man, he was the opening joke at every monologue on late night TV. There's nutty Noah, he's at it again. Him and his son saying the world's gonna be flooded with water. (laughs) Crazy, crazy Noah says God talks to him. Told him to build a boat. I wonder if the flood's coming. Say that when you're off screen, when you're not on the air, when something in your heart tells you the world's a mess and there is a God. But they made fun of Noah and Noah built the ark and people were just going about their business and there's extra biblical uh, writings that say that people were making fun of him. uh, What are you doing, old man? But I tell you what, the old man was certainly happy when the flood came. And God shut the door. This is the language of the Bible. God shut the door. And the flood came and took them all away. Now, some people say, oh, come on. What do you mean a worldwide flood in Noah's Ark and those animal figurines I learned about in Sunday school? You pin them to the ark kind of thing. The the giraffe is always there because he's tall. You can see him. You know, he can see out the window. Is that really real? Come on, Christian. Well, I'll tell you what. Jesus believed there was a flood. You believe him? Or the person that's been walking around the planet for 18 years that knows everything. Sorry if you're 18. Sorry, that was just... Sorry. Anyway. (laughs) Parents are like, amen. (laughs) Amen. So we have the world that mocks. But you know what? Jesus told us this is what's going on. Now notice, then there shall be two men in the field. One will be taken, one will be left. 41, same chapter. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken, one will be left. Some believe it's taken to rapture. Uh, Some believe taken to judgment. I believe that this is the rapture. Therefore, be on the alert, for you do not know which day your Lord is coming, Be sure of this, here's the language, that if the head of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have been on the alert, would not have allowed his house to be broken into. For this reason, you be ready too, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not think he will. Who then is the faithful and sensible slave or servant whom his master uh, put in charge of his household to give them food at their proper time? Blessed is the slave or the servant whom his master finds doing so when he comes. One more from Jesus. Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke 17. Same subject matter. Jesus brings up here the days of Noah, but he'll bring up another time. Luke 17, 26. It says, just as it happened in the days of Noah, Luke 17, 26, so it shall be also in the days of the Son of Man. They were eating, they were drinking, seventeen twenty seven of Luke. They were marrying, they were being given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all, Jesus speaking. It was the same as happened in the days of Lot, second illustration.
0: You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Pastor Michael and the Walk-In Truth team invite you to Harvest Fest 2020. Harvest
1: Fest is free and will be outside Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. This is an entertaining, fun, and safe way for your family to spend October 31st. You and the kids will enjoy fun activities like trunks of treats, find your way through a life-size maze, play games like the cakewalk, And of course, have a chance to fellowship with worship music. Again, bring your family and friends and come out and meet Pastor Michael at Harvest Fest, October 31st from 6 to 8.30 p.m. outside Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. Call 844-48-TRUTH for information and
0: directions. That's 844-48-TRUTH. 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth.
1: One more from Jesus. Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke 17. Same subject matter. Jesus brings up, here are the days of Noah, but he'll bring up another time, Luke 17, 26, it says, Just as it happened in the days of Noah, Luke 17, 26, so it shall be also in the days of the Son of Man. They were eating, they were drinking. 1727 of Luke. They were marrying, they were being given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all, Jesus speaking. It was the same as happened in the days of Lot, second illustration. They were eating, they were drinking, they were buying, they were selling, they were planting, they were building. But on the day that Lot went out from Sodom, let's park here for a second. It'll be just like the days of Noah, just like the days of Lot. I mentioned to you the days of Noah by connecting Genesis 6, our days of only evil thoughts continually and days of violence. And then what characterizes the time of Lot? Gross sexual immorality. Unthinkable immorality to the degree that two angels have showed up in the town and the men are trying to tear the door down to get at them sexually. And that is the plain language of the text. They're trying to sleep with these guys. They want them to come out. So much so that Lot has to offer his daughters, sadly, so that these men Don't try to come at these guys. And these guys are struck with blindness at the door. And you know what happens? They continue to grope around, still trying to get their desire fulfilled. Just like the days of Noah. Just like the days of Lot. And all God's people said, Hmm. Because we start pulling back the veil of what's going on in this world and in our own country right now, and we go, Wow. There, and of course, you know, I know things like this have always happened, but I'll tell you what, it is, we are on a slippery slope. And they were doing all this stuff. But on the day that Lot went out from Sodom, this is uh, 29, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. It will be just the same on the day that the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, let not the one who is in the house is on the housetop and whose goods are in the house go down to take them away. And likewise, let not the one who is in the field turn back. And then the warning, remember Lot's wife. Whoever seeks to keep his life shall lose it. Whoever loses his life shall preserve it. Keep turning in Luke to 21 now. And uh, we're winding down. I'm gonna show you just a few more and uh, we'll sum it up and move into communion. Luke 21, look at verse 25. Jesus, this is the, the parallel with Matthew 24 of the Olivet Discourse. Here's what he says. There will be signs, Luke 21, 25, and in sun and moon and stars, there's that cosmic disturbance. On the earth, dismay among nations and perplexity at the roaring of the sea and the waves. Men, Luke 21:26. fainting from fear, And the expectation of the things which are coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. But when these things begin to take place, straighten up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Then he told them a parable. Behold, the fig tree and all the trees. It's not just the fig tree, brethren. Please notice that. Many people have made a lot about the fig tree and how the fig tree is Israel and Israel returned to the land in this date. I'd be careful with that because Jesus says it's not just the fig tree, it's all the trees. And this is simply just an image. Jesus is not, I don't think right here, talking about the return of Israel in 1948, and then you got to count a generation, and it's 40 years. And so somebody wrote a book, 88 Reasons Why Jesus Returned in 1988. Er, wrong. Thanks for playing. And then they said, Oh, it's, it's 40 years. <laughs> Thanks, John the Beloved. It's an inside joke between he and I. Um, oh, it's 40 years from 1967. That's when they recaptured Jerusalem. 40 years from 67 is 07. <laughs> it's 2007. That's what's going to happen. Er, wrong. Thanks for playing. Show him what he lost, Johnny. Anyway, so, uh, yeah. So we have to be careful. And Jesus is just simply using an image of a tree to help us understand. It's the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they've put forth leaves, you see it and know for yourselves that summer is now near. So you also, when you see these things happening, Days of Noah, days of Lot, other warnings in the sermon. Recognize that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I say to you, this generation, the one that sees all the things that Jesus says in the sermon, will not pass away until all things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be on guard so that your hearts will not be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of life some of you need to mark that, the worries of life. And that day will not come upon, come on you suddenly like a trap. And then something we read earlier, for it will come upon all those who dwell on the face of all the earth. Keep alert at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are about to take place and stand before the Son of Man. And the implication is stand guiltless, stand saved, etc. Now more could be said, but I do want to show you one more. Uh, it's in Second Thessalonians, so pass up where we were. Let me. I'm going to just wet your whistle with this one because I will teach in depth on it when we get there. But this is Second Thessalonians um, chapter two, and we're going to read one through four. It says, "Now, Second Thessalonians two one through four, we request you, brethren." with regard to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to Him, that you may not be quickly shaken, 2 Thessalonians 2.2, from your composure, or be disturbed either by a spirit or a message or a letter as if from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Let no one, 2 Thessalonians 2.3, in any way deceive you, for it will not come, the day of the Lord will not come unless two things happen, The apostasy comes first. That's the great falling away. And the man of lawlessness, many believe the Antichrist here, is revealed who's the son of destruction or the son of perdition who opposes and exalts himself above every every so-called God or object of worship. So he takes a seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as being God. Now what I've tried to do is stack for you things that you could look for that are in your Bible that tell you about these days so that you're not shaken from your composure, so that you don't hear some sensationalistic message and believe, oh, here we are, it's gonna end tomorrow. No, we need to take verses together and begin to build our eschatology, right? Our theology about what we believe about the end times. And, and I, I think you can see there's a lot to look at And I've just begun to scratch the surface. I gave you about a third of my notes that I have up here right now. But I want to shift us to communion. And I said at the beginning that the Lord Jesus loved us so much. Turn back to 1 Thessalonians 5, that he came to die for us. He has gone to prepare a place for us. And he's coming again to get us. That's the gospel. Amen? And that's awesome news.
0: You've been listening to The Day of the Lord, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. And that was Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Thessalonians, Chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program or Parts 1 or 2, you can listen on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. In case you're wondering who Michael Lance is, he's the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. So if you live in Southern California, we'd love it if you join us at any of our church services or Bible studies or any one of the many events we do throughout the year. You can stay up to date by downloading the Living Truth app. The Living Truth app is the one with the red logo and the pillars. Now here's Pastor Michael with some final words. Well, you may know that there are many prophecies about the coming of Jesus
1: Christ. Some scholars say more than 300 prophecies about Jesus' coming, and this relates to his first coming, but there's also many other passages about his second coming. And just like he fulfilled the first coming promises, so he will fulfill the second coming promises. Jesus said, I will come again. And we know Jesus is true to his word. And that's why you need to believe and know he's coming again. And he's coming again because he's going to judge the living and the dead. And he's going to restore this broken world and reverse the curse. And there's an amazing time coming ahead for all those who know him. In fact, we're called co-heirs with Christ. And what will initiate his ruling and reigning From Jerusalem, as we're told, for example, in the book of Isaiah and other places, is his second coming, the day of the Lord. And that's what we're talking about as we deal with 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Now, you may be thinking, Pastor Michael, why a couple of different sermons on this topic? Well, because eight Old Testament prophets minimally speak about it. Several New Testament uh, authors speak about it because it takes up much of the Bible, And we need to pay attention to whatever God is saying to us, amen, and know about this glorious return of our Lord, our champion, is coming. Now, I want to give you an invitation to our midweek service. We're going through the book of Psalms right now, Medicine for the Soul. I'll tell you, the book of Psalms is so amazing. I am regularly finding myself in the Psalms. They just uh, speak to my soul, and I know they'll speak to yours. Hey, are you looking for a midweek service, 7 p.m. in the city of Corona? You can come on out. We're going through the Book of Psalms. We have a very precious time of worship. We get to fellowship with one another. We're located at 1009 Arsenal Way in the city of Corona, right off the 91 Freeway and Lincoln Avenue. Now, if you're somewhere outside of California or Southern California, you can watch this live on our YouTube channel. It does live stream. But we would love to have you here. Driving directions, uh, all the details are on the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app in your app store. You can download that for free. Look for the red logo with the pillars. Or as always, go to walkintruth.com. See you tomorrow.
0: And one more thing before we go. Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Your $5 donation helps us broadcast on radio, provide the podcast, and do free apologetic events. It's all part of our mission to equip you with the truth in the Bible and to help you apply it to today's issues, trends, and culture. Please also consider becoming a monthly partner as well. You can give your donation at walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for part four of Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Thessalonians 5, chapter 1 through 11, called The Day of the Lord. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. It's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.